0: Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Genesis and chapter number 45. Genesis chapter number 45. I'm going to preface those verses with uh, five or six verses in chapter number 43, verse 26. I'm interested in these Days of acquaintance when uh, Joseph's brethren come to Egypt because of the famine and uh, they're needing corn, they're needing bread, but they don't realize that the one that they sold, mistreated, abused, and used, God had raised up down there to be the second most powerful man in all the world. But I am interested in what's on Joseph's heart that is revealed during these days of acquaintance as they are reintroduced. And I want you to look in verse number uh, 26 of chapter number 43. The Bible said, When Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves to the earth. This is talking about his brothers. And he asked them of their welfare. And he said, Is your father well, the old man of whom ye spake? Is he yet alive? Now they don't know who Joseph is, but he does know who they are. And so he submits this uh, question to them. And they answered, Thy servant our father is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother And he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. You see the heart of Joseph toward his brothers, especially thinking about his father and his youngest brother, his youngest full brother. Now let's look in chapter number 45 and verse 1. Now they're speaking to one another, and they know each other. The Bible said, then Joseph could not refrain himself before them all and st- stood by him and he cried, cause every man to go out from me and there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren and he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth not doth my father, he's asking about his dad again, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled in his, at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. God did send me before you to preserve life. For these 2 years hath the famine been in the land, yet there are 5 years in which there shall be neither earing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it's not you that sent me hither, but but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh. And Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph: God hath made me Lord over all of Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children, thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold your eyes and the eyes of your brother, Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that ye have seen. And ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all of his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. I'm interested in these days that Joseph spends in Egypt and the great saving truth that God gave him one of them that saved him, that delivered him, that carried him, I would say. And I want to preach this morning on that subject, and I want to preach on when waiting works, when waiting works. I realize that we're celebrating this weekend Labor Day. And there's all kinds of different work that is represented here in this building. But I want to say to you that there's, there are times when waiting is the best work. Waiting is the only work. And here it is with Joseph. Time in his life and times in our life when waiting is all that will work. And the only thing that will work. But the truth of the matter is, is if you are waiting upon the Lord, it will work. Because waiting is not wasting time. But waiting upon the Lord is the best time that we can have. Waiting on the Lord. Now I want to dive into Joseph's experience and I want to look at this matter of This morning, waiting, and how that we need to wait upon the Lord. I like what the psalmist said. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Isaiah said in chapter number 40 and verse number 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And if you live in this old world, there's going to be times, a lot of times, of which you're going to have to wait. If you drive a vehicle, you're going to spend some time waiting. Uh, If you go to the doctor, you're going to spend some time waiting. Speaking of a child being born uh, this week to Bruce and his wife, I guarantee you there was uh, some waiting that went on. The Bible is filled with those that had to wait. Noah had to wait in the ark for the ground to dry up. Abraham had to wait to get an Isaac. And even Christ himself had to wait upon his kingdom. But yet God is doing a great work for you and I in just teaching us the worth of waiting. Joseph is in Egypt some 22 years. But I want to suggest to you that the biggest thing that's going on in his life is this matter of what's in his heart and that is that he is waiting. He's not interested in climbing some kind of a corporate ladder. He's not into the political game but each and every day of his life while he is there, I guarantee you he's waiting. We could see it. It's surfaced in his heart. Uh, He's waiting upon his dreams that they might come to fruition. He's waiting for his dad, the old man, he said to them, is he yet alive? He's waiting for those God given desires to be fulfilled. He's a servant, of course, Uh, he's bowing, of course. Uh, He is working as far as his job is concerned in Egypt, of course. He's suffering in Egypt. And even he comes to the place of which he is ruling. But if you could go and interview Joseph at no matter what time in his life and say to him, Joseph, what's going on in your heart? What are you thinking about? A promotion? What are you thinking about? The next job ahead of you? What are you thinking about? All the glory that you've got now? I believe he would stop and look at you with that far away look and he'd say, no, I'm not really thinking about any of those things. When I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about my dad. I'm thinking about my brothers. I'm thinking about Benjamin. When I get up in the morning, I'm thinking about those dreams that I had and and them coming to pass. Uh, All through the day, I can't get it off my heart and out of my mind. Uh, Joseph is simply for 22 years, he has been put in a place to where all he can do is wait. He's waiting in some things. He's waiting on some things. He's waiting for some things. He's waiting because of some things, but he's simply waiting. And when we think about his life, you can divide it up in two segments. You've got those first 13 years when he is, is in bondage, basically. And he can't do anything about his father. He can't do anything about his brothers. Uh, he, he, he can't uh, bring things back together. He can't renew the acquaintances. There's, he doesn't have the power. He has no position. He's not placed in authority. For 13 long years, all he can do is wait. That's all he has the power to do is wait. And then we have those next nine years, those years in which he is brought to the throne, those years in which he is placed uh, as prime minister in Egypt, those years in which he is the second most powerful man in Egypt, those years in which Pharaoh said that no man can lift his hand nor foot unless Joseph says so. And I believe that the very most difficult time in Joseph's life was not the first 13 years when he was enslavement, not the first 13 years when he had to bow and bend and serve, but I think it was probably those last nine years those years of seeming blessing. Because in the 13 years, there was nothing he could do anyway. But now that he has all of this power for nine years, now that he has all this authority for those nine years, now that he has the military at his fingertips for nine years, don't you know when he went to bed at night, as he lay his head on the pillow, he probably thought to himself, oh, I'd sure love to see Dad. And there is that that desire to, to bring this to pass, to hurry up and get those those brothers and, and that father down into Egypt. And when he wakes up in the morning, this is what is upon his heart. But yet, he does the same thing in those nine years that he did in the 13 years. He just waits. But why does he wait? All he has to do is call one of his generals and say to him, Look, I've got a dad back in the Judean hills, Hebrew country. And what I want you to do is take a regiment with you. And I want you to go up there with a bunch of wagons. And I want you to bring them all, haul them all back down here. He could have done it the first year that he was elevated. He could have done it the second year that he was elevated. He could have done it the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh year, the eighth or the ninth year, but he does not do so. He does the same thing in those last nine years as he did in the first 13 years. He is simply waiting. Waiting, I say to you, works. Are you hearing me? Waiting upon the Lord Works. He is still waiting and I promise you it is going to work. But let's suppose that Joseph gets ahead of God and he does send a regiment up there to get his, his father and his family. Truth of the matter is it's not time for that. His father is not going to be ready. Let's suppose during those seven years of good, when there's a plenty everywhere. And he sends uh, this this band of soldiers up there to get his father. You know how old folks are. They don't want to give up their... A driver's license, they don't want to move off the farm, they don't want to go nowhere and you say to his daddy Jacob, hey, there's a place called Egypt and your son's down there and uh, they, he sent a regiment he just said, I ain't a going nowhere." You just tell him, and of course he wouldn't have believed it to start with. It took some wagons to prove that. And he, he would have said, no, I, I ain't a going nowhere. I'm, he wouldn't have been ready. And think about those boys. If he'd have hauled them boys down there against their wheel, they were full of the devil. The same trouble they caused when he was at home, they would have caused that same trouble in Egypt when they got down there. If boys hadn't repented, They were still wicked. And so the daddy's not ready. The the brothers are not ready. I'm going to tell you, Egypt's not ready for that outfit either. Oh, no, they're not prepared uh, for all of that. And the truth of the matter is, Joseph's not really ready. His heart's probably not uh, seasoned for it. And and even further than that, first and foremost, God Almighty is not ready for this to happen yet. And so what's going to have to happen is is Joseph is going to wait. I thought about Noah. He's a year in that ark and that's a pretty good sized boat, but I'll tell you, it's a very small world. And at the end, you find him wanting to get off. The reason why I know he's wanting to get off is because he sends the raven out and then he sends the dove out and then the dove comes back to him and the Bible said that Noah knew that the ground was not dry and so he waited. He had to wait. Now you ladies know how impatient we husbands are. I suppose he's standing there with the sledgehammer. And he's fixing to tear the hinges off that door and she's saying, no, Noah, leave it alone. And if he were to tear the hinges off, there's water out there that's going to come to the inside. And there's mud out there and muck and mire. In other words, he's going to create a great mess because he hadn't waited on God. The only thing he could do is wait on God to take care of what he can't take care of himself. Wait, I say, wait upon the Lord. Abraham's going to have to wait if he's going to get an Isaac. Matter of fact, he waits 25 years. Christ himself waits uh, for his kingdom. But I say to you, waiting works. And there are times in your life when you're going to have to wait upon God. I say to these young people, don't just say eeny, meeny, miny, moe. I'm going to take this girl and we're going to go. Or this boy. You better wait until God sends the right one into your life. By the way, the other day I read a good definition of how to find the right boy and the right girl. Uh, Young man, if you want the right girl, just take off running as fast as you can toward God. And if she catches up with you, then you can strike up a conversation. Amen? Amen? That'd be a pretty good one to strike up a conversation with. But what I'm saying is there are times when there are things that, we're not supposed to try to work on some things that we cannot change. And so what we have to do is patiently wait upon the Lord. And that word wait has the idea of weaving a basket. It has the idea of not just running a comb through someone's hair, but braiding that hair. It is a slow, patient process. God taking his children And putting them in places to where there's going to be a slow, patient progress. Because he wants to make it worth it. And the only way he can make it worth it is he's going to have to make us wait upon him. Now, I want to to take these, uh, these thoughts here. And I want to emphasize four things about this matter of Waiting upon the Lord. I want you to notice with me, uh, first of all, in my emphasis, that Joseph is having to wait. You will have to wait. I will have to wait. In times in which it seems as though that nothing is working. Now I'm preaching again on this subject: when waiting works. But there are going to be those times as it is in Joseph's life when it seems as though that you're waiting but nothing is working. In other words, 22 long years. Seconds turn into minutes. Minutes turn into hours. Hours turn into days. Days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, and before you know it, he has gone 22 years in Egypt. But yet he has not looked into the face of the man that loved him so much, the father that he misses, the one that he craves to see, he desires to be with. He's wanting to be, it's all that is upon his heart, believe me. It's all, he's not in Egypt because he voted to go there. He wanted to go there. He desired to go there. He was made to go there. And while he's in Egypt, he's going to have to wait for God to bring to pass the things that he knows that he promised that he would bring to pass. He has to be still. And wait upon the Lord when it seems as though that nothing, nothing, nothing is working. Waiting when it seems as though the prodigal son is not even in sight. Waiting when it seems as though that nothing has changed. Waiting when there is no word, there is no sign waiting waiting when there's nothing you can do but wait but while you're waiting you're looking around and it looks so barren and it looks so insignificant and it looks so much in despair because you can't see though you're trying to live your life right though you're trying to do what is right and even though you're trying to serve the lord it seems as though that the things that are greatest upon your heart are not coming to pass and so You're forced to wait when it seems as though nothing is working. But I'm going to tell you something. When it seems as though that nothing is working, stay on course by doing nothing and wait upon the Lord. Because I emphasize waiting works and it'll always work when nothing else seems as though that it is working. Waiting when nothing seems to be waiting, when it seems as though there's nothing to wait on, <laughs> but you just keep waiting, you just keep waiting. Sometimes you may have to wait a year, as for Noah. Sometimes you may have to wait 22 years as it is for Joseph. Sometimes you might have to wait 25 years as it was for Abraham, uh, for Isaac. And sometimes you may wait and not find out till you get to heaven. But I promise you, I promise you the best thing and the only thing you can do is wait when it seems as though that nothing's working. The second thing that I would say to you in this matter of waiting, waiting upon the Lord. And what is it this morning that you find yourself urgent about? What is it this morning that is of a God-given drive and desire that you want to see come to pass? What is it? What is it that as time passes it seems as though that it stays with you and it does not leave you and you still have that desire and that longing? I say to you, wait. It may not seem like anything, but wait upon the Lord when it seems as though that no nothing is working. But the second thing I would say to you, Joseph waits upon the Lord 22 years when it seems as though nothing is working as far as what's in his heart. But he waits upon the Lord, and while he's waiting upon the Lord, he may not know it in the fullest sense, and we never do. But if you'll wait upon the Lord, what you will soon realize is everything is working. Why do you think nothing is working? Everything is working. And that's why you have to wait. Because what God does from an eternal position is he always works in time. When God's gonna do something, he's gonna use seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. He always does. As a matter of fact, his son was born in the, came in the fullness of time. And anything God does in your life and anything God does for you, he's going to do it in time. And what God is doing for Joseph is he's taking all of those seconds and minutes and weeks and and months and, and years And God is working behind the scene. But God's not the only one working behind the scene, but He's got everything's working like a beehive. Everything is working behind the scenes. To bring it to the point to where the greatest desire in his heart is going to come to pass. The day will come when he will look into his father's eyes. The day will come where he will be able to embrace and forgive his brothers. The day will come when he will be able to sit down with Benjamin. The day will come when the family will come back together. The day will come. That's the biggest thing on the that's the biggest thing on God's heart. Did you know that? The biggest thing on God's heart is not saving Egypt, nor saving Pharaoh, nor not even saving the nations. The biggest thing on God's heart is in time bringing to pass What's upon the heart of Joseph and that's getting that dad and those boys and that brothers down there so he could raise up a nation that would one day produce a Messiah that would be the salvation of the world. Honey, don't listen, don't underestimate it. What's on your heart's on God's heart and that's why he's gonna bring it to pass. And that's why God's got everything. It's a working and a turning all the time. I go back and I think about Noah and uh, he's on that ark, been on that ark for a year and he's wanting off and I don't blame him. I've took cruises and I can't stand them either. (laughs) After about a day, I'm wanting off. Me and my wife's always the first ones to get off if we can get in line that quick. Them things is little boats after a few days. And here noahs he, he, he can't do nothing about it. He thinks as though nothing's happening. He's done sent the birds out there and one, they, the dove has come back and told him that the ground's not dry by the, by the fact that it has come back and I'm sure he feels as though that there's no movement at all. But while Noah can't do anything about the situation, understand, there's a big old sun up there, S-U-N that's got some mighty power. And through the shining of its rays, it's affecting the water. The sun's a-working, and then the waters are working. And then that process of evaporation starts to take place and uh, I'll tell you soon the water is going to be processed and going to evaporate and then it's going to bake that ground and then he's going to send that dove out again and that dove ain't going to come in other words the sun's a working I'll tell you the grounds are working the waters are working the doves are working really everything is working to bring it to pass to what Noah wants to be brought to pass and that is that he can step out into a new world. But, 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 if that's going to happen, he's got to wait. But understand why you're waiting. Everything's working. Everything's working. So I say to you, wait when it seems as though nothing's working and there's nothing to, to wait on. And wait because everything really is working. But the third thing I would say to you is is this truth. Wait. Wait upon the Lord while you work. Hallelujah. While you work. I don't know that there was in the scriptures any man that was any more busy than what Joseph was. Read his life. I mean, it was recognized by those that are around him that this was a getter done type feller. I mean, he was a worker. And that's why his master put everything in his hands. He said he just noticed that God blessed his hands. He working all the time. And even when he put him in prison, the keeper of the prison noticed what kind of fellow he was, and, and he put all the prison, the keeping of the prison, in his hand. In other words, there's no sense driving yourself crazy, sitting around thinking about what you can't do and what you can't solve and what you can't change worrying about all of that and neglecting what God has given you the power to do. He's got plenty to do. He's, I'm going to tell you, over the military. He's over the education. He's over the economy. And evidently, he done a pretty good job. He's over getting them holes and pits dig to put that uh, corn down in there. He's over everything. I mean, he's the second I say to you, under favor. He's over. He's busy. Now, he could have just sat around and said, I'll just tell you, I don't feel like doing nothing. All I got on my mind is I was wishing I could see Dan, I got gloom and doom, and I'm not going out today, and I'm not going to work and i'm not and you know the uh prodigal son's father could have said the same thing i'm a boy's away, and I, I just worried about my boy, and I just think I'll just quit doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, I mean, if you're not careful, you'll get discouraged. Well, I don't even think I want to go to church. And I just think, I don't know. I don't even going to read my Bible anymore. I, I don't even think I'll test. I don't think I'm not. No, honey. Why you're waiting is the best time to work because I promise you, God will give you something to do to get your mind off of what you're waiting on sometimes. Yeah. He's got him too busy to sit around in gloom and doom. Go to work. And while you're waiting, whatever it is on, while you're waiting, whatever it may be, while you're waiting, I say to you, young men, wait on the Lord and work while you're waiting, while you're waiting on a wife. I say to you, young ladies, wait on the Lord and work while you're waiting, while you're waiting on a husband. I say to you, mama, while you're going through those sicknesses and those trials, wait on the Lord and work while you're waiting. I say to you, sir, while things ain't going right on the job, maybe they've laid you off or whatever, wait on the Lord and work while you're waiting he'll have something for you to do matter of fact there'll be more than enough to keep you busy if while you're waiting you'll just go ahead and work well think about it He's already, if you'll notice in verse number 10, I don't have to read the verse, but I'll just mention Goshen. He's already got a whole town, city set up because he's planning on it, no doubt. How come there's a Goshen? You tell me why there's a Goshen that's got room for them boys. And he talks like it's explicitly for them. It's because while he's waiting... He's working, getting ready for what he's waiting on. <laughs> if you're waiting on something, at least act like you're waiting on it. Yeah, right. By doing things that's a point toward what you're waiting on. In other words, all of God's young, I'm gonna here to tell you all God's youngs, God has so uh, divinely made it to where we're all gonna have to wait in the processes of life. But while we're waiting, thank God we can work on some things that'll let other folks know that we're waiting on it. In other words, the Bible says on several occasions to wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. And I'm gonna tell you, he's gonna allow things to get pretty rough down here as he did for the children of Israel when they were in the land of Egypt because he was preparing them a promised land. But what I want to say to you is if Joseph is waiting and he's really waiting on it and he really believes God's going to do something and he's waiting on that, why not get ready for what you're waiting on? Amen. Now, he can't go up there and put his hands on that. But thank God he can put things together. And I'm here to tell you, if you're waiting on the Lord, you really believe he's coming, you ought to be living like you're waiting on somebody. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said, what are you doing that for? I'm waiting on the Lord. What are you preaching for? I'm I'm, I'm occupying till he comes. I'm getting ready for somebody. Waiting is so vital and important. It's one of the most important things that will happen in your life. As you wait, when it seems as though nothing's working, as you wait, while well, you know everything is working. And as you wait, while you work, while you're waiting, just keep on doing what you know is right. Keep on raising that family. Keep on coming to the house of the Lord. Keep on teaching that Sunday school class. Keep on preaching if that's the call that is upon you. Keep on, keep just, just stay with the stuff while you wait. And I very seldom ever look into someone's eyes if I talk to them a very length at all. But what, while I'm talking to them, I can sense the burden of what they're waiting on. There's just something in there that they're waiting on. But what I'm, what I'm wanting to find out in my heart is if they're working while they're waiting. Because if you're working while you're waiting, you're on track. And everything's going to come to pass as God has wanted it to come to pass. Now, the last thing I want to say to you is he works. I mean, he waits when nothing's working. He waits when everything's working. He waits while he works. But the last thing I'd have you to notice is Joseph's waiting. Your waiting and my waiting gives us us the privilege of waiting to see what comes, the work. Let me frame it this way. Waiting to see the work that comes out of waiting. Because there's things that's going to come out of waiting that you can't get out of anything else. God has so designed it to be so that as you wait, God is producing a work that you're waiting on. Now think about it. Abraham waits 25... Now, now if you don't wait, yeah. you get impatient, you end up with an ishmael. That's it. Yeah. And that's it. An old nodhead renegade. But if you wait, you get your Isaac. And don't you know after those long 25 years, what a day it was when Abraham came out of the tent carrying that little baby boy. And as you can tell, that's all that he and Sarah has thought about for 20, from the day that God called. That's all he's thought about is that promise of having that little child. And now he's holding... He's holding the results of waiting. Here's the work that comes from waiting. God did it. Hallelujah. And I thought about Noah. Noah waits. He waits. He sends the dove out finally. And the Bible said, Then Noah knew that the ground was dry. And that was at the point in time that he took the old sledgehammer and knocked the hinges off Because the Bible said God shut them in, but it doesn't say God opened the door. Noah knocked the hinges off of that thing and I would have helped him at that point in time. And the door flew open and he stepped out and looky, 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 everything he had waited on had come to pass. God had worked it all out. The ground was dry. There's not mud out there to wade through knee deep. He's not having to try to get rid of water and try to find high ground. No, honey, it's already been settled because he waited upon the Lord. And to cap that off, he looks up into the sky and there's that great big rainbow Now, he's seen a lot of things in the past world that's going to be in the present world. But, honey, he'd never seen a rainbow of promise that came out of waiting. I thought about Jesus himself. Jesus took him upon that high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of this world, and he said, all you got to do is bow down. If you'll just bow down, you can have your kingdom now. That's what he's offering He's offering him a shortcut to the kingdom. Hey, I'll give you a kingdom you won't have to die for. I'll give you a kingdom you won't have to wear, I'll tell you, a, a, a bloody crown for. I'll give you a kingdom that you won't have to be nailed to a cross. I'll give you a kingdom that won't have... So, you can have it now. Amen. And of course, he gave him the word of God. Jesus did. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. But in essence, what he's saying is, is, no, I'll wait on my kingdom. I'll wait on my kingdom. And I'll tell you, thank God the day is going to come when his kingdom's going to be set up. Hallelujah. And what a kingdom that is. And we're going to be a part of it simply because the Son of God waited. That's right. Now, you got two choices. Joseph has. He can go up there and rush this thing. He can pull levers. He can push uh, buttons. Or he can wait on the Lord. 22 years of waiting. But I say to you, it worked. And anything that's worth anything, you'll have to wait on. And I want to say to you, young man, wait on the Lord. Young lady, wait on the Lord. Father, wait on the Lord. Mother, wait on the Lord. Preacher, wait on the Lord. Pastor, wait on the Lord. Missionary, wait on the Lord. Husband, wait on the Lord. Wife, wait on the Lord. And my question is this. Are you waiting? And if you're waiting, what are you waiting for? But I want to turn this thing around. And I want to close it on this note. I hope he's not having to wait on you. I hope he's not ready. I hope that he's not ready and you've decided you don't want to go. Wait on him, but don't make him wait on you. And when them boys got down there, God just gave Joseph the liberty. He said, now, boy, go at it. And you can just tell. That everything was flowing just right because he had waited on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. But don't make him wait.